And we're back with another exciting edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. It's Masters Week, baby. If you didn't know that by now, you're not paying attention. Wake up, people. We've been waiting 19 months for this, and it's finally here. Tiger Woods, the longest standing defending champion, with the Masters being pushed back from April to November due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It's going to be an incredible week. And here to give you everything you need to know to prepare for the beauty of Augusta National, I'm Samantha Marks. On the other end of the line is the one and only, as he likes to call me, Travis Fulton, your two resident golf knowledge gods. Well, one of us anyway. (laughs) We're here to talk all things fantasy golf and give you every piece of information you could need when putting your hard-earned money behind those pro golfers teeing it up this week at the fall masters travis good morning good morning jeez we made it we're here we made it god i didn't think we were ever gonna make it i know i didn't either i gotta tell you i was you know i was at the players championship in march when they called it off and and um you know there was so much uncertainty and of course the Masters shortly thereafter canceled and just everything was snowballing right cancellation mm-hmm. cancellation cancellation and we just it just everything was coming to an end and it just didn't seem possible then all of a sudden the pga tour takes the lead they get out there they're operating in a pandemic the masters gets on the schedule and by golly we made it i didn't think we would get here but we're here and samantha i'm fired up and i feel so good about my picks you feel good well that's good i'm a little i'm in a good mood today but i have to admit i'm a little somber i am supposed to be in augusta right now and guess where i'm at on my couch in Orlando, Florida. (laughs) You got a lot of rain coming your way with this uh, hurricane. So we've had better weeks. You know, I should be maxing out my credit cards in the merch tent right now. And instead (laughs) I am on the couch. So it, you know, we'll wait till April. We'll be fine. But Thursday, like you said, weather not looking so good, but it looks pretty pristine on the weekend. I don't know if you've looked at the recent forecast. How do you see Augusta National playing in this? I mean, it's kind of a weird setting don't get me wrong it's awesome but it's this weird november slot weather changes leads are changing what can we expect yeah everything's new right i mean we're in november um you've got split t's you know there's just a lot of different things going on this is what 2020 is all about you have to adapt uh, you have to be flexible and you have to be self-motivating i think the players probably be a little more self-motivating being on the grounds of augusta national but it's going to be wet early for sure they've got the sub air system they can pump some of this out but it was pouring there last night more rain today into thursday friday as you mentioned the weekend does look a little bit better but this hurricane you know into a tropical storm is pushing up a lot of moisture it is humid let me tell you something right now in jacksonville florida it is muggy and augusta is just north of here so you know i think temperature wise you know it's gonna feel warm it's gonna feel muggy but the golf course will play wet this is going to favor the long hitter for sure i mean augusta national is going to play probably as long uh, as it possibly can you think about players who can carry it in the air bryson of course rory JT, you know, on down to Dustin Johnson, a Bubba Watson, a Jason Kokrak, and we'll get into some of these names. But it's not just the carry, right? It's that the fairways are going to play wider too. Now, there's no rough, but, you know, the longer you hit it, the more offline it can go. And when the ball hits and it's soft, well, that plays to the long ball hitter as well. One of the things that's interesting to me is around the greens. You hear a lot of players talking about, 
how the Bermuda is hanging on. You've got the overseed and the rye, and it's a little bit cushier around the green. So does that give some players like a Coke rack who can hit it long, not as good around the green as some of the other guys, a little bit of an opportunity there, right? As far yeah. as, you know, the shots around the greens, it can get skinny on some of those uneven lies. You, you really see short game magic with shots around the green. And I think the lightning in the greens, you know, we're used to fast greens at Augusta National. I don't think it'll be quite as fast. So, you know, you kind of add all this up. The one thing I keep coming back to, Samantha, and I want to get your thoughts, is we have an impressive list here of first-time players. I mean, we're talking Colin Morikawa. Oh, yeah, he won mm-hmm. the PGA Championship. Uh, a Matthew Wolf playing incredible golf. A Cameron Champ. Uh, a Scotty Scheffler, Rookie of the Year. Impressive list. I got to tell you, no fans. You know, not quite the lightning around the greens, on the green. Soft conditions. I, I would have to think these first-time players that would have to play into their hands just a little bit more. I definitely agree. I was looking at some of the PGA Tour posts um, from last night on Instagram and Matthew Wolf, you know, they all did their press conferences. Matthew Wolf said, last year I was on my couch in college watching Tiger dominate. It's absolutely incredible to think about that. Um, 19 months ago, Matthew Wolf was sitting on his, sitting in his college dorm. Um, and now <laughs> he's, he's out there playing the Masters. Colin Morikawa says, I've only seen it on TV we're going to see what it looks like in November. So I totally agree with you. I think as it has been in the past, you know, seven, eight months with COVID-19, I think that the no fans definitely plays an advantage to first timers in any event. So if we've seen a lot of first time PGA tour players over the last few months, um, question for you, I feel like every golf course plays a little bit different with no fans, but I mean, those fans in Augusta, they line those fairways. You, you hit it offline, you bounce it off someone's head back into the fairway. How do you feel like it's going to play? play so much different I feel like it's going to be so much wider yeah it's going to be wider right you're going to see some shots and angles on TV that you've never seen before you know gosh it's just weird to see 11 green there at amen corner 12 the beautiful par three I mean you're always seeing 20 25 people deep you know just this spectacular grand picture and there's no one there so you're going to see some different spots i think um where the stands normally are guys can miss it in those areas maybe on some of the par five second shots coming into these greens it's different right i mean the visuals are going to be different for those that have experienced that those have never played it they don't know right they've just seen it on tv so it's just kind of their first time comer it is what it is they take it as they see it it's going to be weird i mean it really is I'm very interested to see some of the angles that CBS comes up with where they can maybe position their cameras where they couldn't before to give us some different views and perspectives of Augusta National. It's going to be fascinating. We're just in uncharted territory here, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like you said, I mean, everything about this year is weird. But going from the last two events, we saw some fans, just a few but I kind of got used to hearing those claps again, hearing the roars. And now, I mean, Augusta is going to be eerily quiet almost. So let's get right into it. We're here to talk about fantasy golf day before the masters masters Eve. Is that a thing? Can we call it that? Yeah, I kind of like it. You just Um, did it. I just did it. So you have a DraftKings contest. Sorry, people snooze, you lose. It's sold out. Let's start at the top. (laughs) Who do you like in that high dollar range? The 10,000 to 1100. I'm looking at the, the amounts here. I'm curious your thoughts. Well, get into fantasy golf, right? This is the week to try it. Download the DraftKings app. Use promo code Travis. Get a shot at millions of dollars. That easy. 
Uh, now, you can't get into our contest because it's already sold out, but we're going to do more. We are going to do more. Partners at Encore Golf who present the Stripe Show podcast. They give away cases of golf balls to the winner. We pay out the top five. It is fun. If you've never played, you got to manage the salary cap, and you have dollar amounts. The highest dollar amount is Bryson DeChambeau, no surprise, as he brings his 290 ball speed uh, to Augusta National. It's going to be fascinating. I think the question here, when you talk about Bryson, we know he's probably going to be there. Um, but, you know, he hasn't played great at Augusta in the past. T29 in 2019, T30 eight in 2018 he's a different player he's a different person we know that two questions i have are you comfortable with the layoff we're talking now a month since we've seen him at the shriners it's a significant amount of time and i think are you comfortable with him putting a 48 inch driver into play it didn't seem likely early but i think bryson has found some things in getting the right shaft in there i don't think he'll do it Mm -mm. but we've seen bryson take on a lot of risk before wouldn't be surprised, but I think it is a little too risky to see that. So it'll be fascinating to see. You know, you saw some of the distances that he was hitting into these green. He had sandwich into one. Uh, he drove number three, the par four, with a three wood over the green. I mean, it's just silly stuff. And number 13, he hit three wood seven iron. <laughs> yeah. Just, so he, you know. yesterday, when he, you know, did his little press conference a couple of days ago, he said he wouldn't use it till it's ready. And now he says, quote, it looks really promising right now. I didn't expect it to work yesterday, but it did work yesterday. Not a hundred percent sure if I'll put it in play. It's so close to the masters, but it's an improvement in every facet of launch conditions, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, we know he's weird, so it's not ruled out. Well, Two, two and a half inches on your driver, that's a big deal. I mean, just in squaring the face up. So I think, I, did I say 290 ball speed? I meant 190 ball speed, but we're probably on our way. We're probably on our way to let it go. I thought maybe I missed yeah. something. Excuse me. We're probably on our way to 290. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where he's going. But anyway, you know, Bryson's got to be in consideration. 11,200. I mean, he's not priced way out of the stratosphere to like a JT at 10,700. I'm going to pass on JT this week. He's getting better at Augusta, but he struggles on these greens. You know, you see Justin struggle from time to time on certain greens. I think the speed of these greens, the complexity of these greens, uh, his best finish was last year, T12. He is getting better, but I'm going to pass John Rahm. You have to look at, I mean, this is a world-class player. The next step for him is a major championship. Uh, T9 last year, he was fourth in 2018. He knows how to play this course. He's got the long ball. He's a terrific approach game player. And of course, you know, one of the best putters, in the game, you've got to you got to certainly look at John Rom. I think the most fascinating player in the field to me, other than Bryson, of course, who's so polarizing, is Rory McIlroy. You know, Rory's game was affected the most by COVID. I've said it many times in the podcast that you know he was the number one player in the world before all of this shut down. Mm -hmm. Like terrific golf. He's come back. He hasn't found the same form. I think it's more inspiration. I think it's more. Um, what's happening off the course with Rory. Of course, he just had uh, his first child. Has he now found some peace um, in that and is refocused? I think he is. I think the idea of two masters uh, within six months to complete the career grand slam is a comfortable thing. He is a bit under the radar as Bryson has really dominated, you know, the headlines. And for Rory, it's just getting the approach game going. I think he's put some work in here in the last few weeks. He's talked about it. He gets the club underneath. He starts hitting hard pushes and then the occasional hook. And 
as he starts fearing the hook, I think Rory plays more defensive golf. And I think his approach game struggles. I, I, I'm really, really fascinated, Samantha, to see how Rory does. I hope he goes out and wins a career grand slam. But if he doesn't, my guy is DJ. You know, I think DJ at 10,000 is a slap in the face. Um, DJ's the number one player in the world. It's so, we, we're, we're so quick to, like, forget that DJ won three times since June. Uh, yes, he missed a couple weeks to COVID. But uh, I think it's all systems go with DJ. He's learned how to play this course, T2 last year. Um, I think you got to play some DJ at 10. I think you got to, you got to look at Rory at 10,200 and obviously a little bit of Ron and Bryson, but I, I think JT's out for me. He's the one that really I'm probably the most reluctant to put in. Well, I am loving JT. I put some money straight up on him, not in fantasy golf, but straight up this week. Love how he's trending. Funny that you say that about Rory. I do feel the same way. I feel like Get last year, last April, that's all we were talking about was, you know, Tiger wasn't really in the picture then. Nobody knew he was going to play well. Everything was about Rory winning his career grand slam. This year, I don't feel like I've heard anything about it. I don't know about you, but it just seems very under the radar. Like you said, all yeah. this talk about Bryce and all this talk about length, November, fall, whatever. I do think that's playing a little bit to Rory's advantage. Um, prior to this year, Rory has teed up in 11 Masters tournaments. His best finish was in 2014. So he's been around this place a few times. But I like John Rahm as well. Although, you know, I was talking with my parents about it last night. My dad said a very good quote. I don't know if Rahm has the patience for Augusta National. Um, he's very high, hot tempered. We know that we've seen it many times. And Augusta is somewhere where if you get on the wrong side of your temper, it can absolutely destroy your day. Um, so I don't know if he has the patience, um, for Augusta. I would love for him to, he's, you know, pulled out twice in the last two days as everybody's been talking about on Twitter. <laughs> it's like the only thing on my newsfeed, but yeah, the only thing Rory McIlroy's closet is lacking is a green jacket. So yep. I like him as well. And we'll get to see Rory, Dustin Johnson, and Patrick Cantley Thursday, marquee group, 12 noon Eastern. I'm calling in sick. Calling in sick. <laughs> Good thing you got me around, huh? <laughs> calling in sick. Um, let's go down the money list a little bit to the okay. $9,000 range. We've got some good names for a little bit cheaper. You know, the Brooks Kepkas, your boy Xander, your boy Terrell Hatton, our boy Patrick Reed. Let me let me start with Hatton real quick. I'm out, and I know that's going to surprise some of our listeners because, you know, I've been, you know, beating the uh, Terrell Hatton drum for a long time. But, you know, hey, I was getting him at 7,500 in those times. Now he's at 9,400. You know, Hatton does not play Augusta National well. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a similar to a JT in putting the greens. Uh, T56 last year, T44 in 2018. He's certainly a better player. Um, this year, he's 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 becoming that you know upper top shelf world class player. Certainly, a win here would start putting me into that John Rahm and DJ type of category. But I'm out on him. I'm out on Morikawa at 9,500. First time uh, playing the course. Morikawa's struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's not the same player as he was uh, back in August when he won the PGA. Um, you know, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, 50th at the Zozo. You know, when I look at negative 7.3 strokes gained putting. At the Zozo, that's alarming. Um, he's lost strokes in his in putting uh, in the last three events, and that's that's his opportunity. That's his weakness. So I'm going to pass on the first time with Morikawa. Xander, 
he is one of my boys. You know, it's interesting to listen to PJ Tour t- players talk about Xander. A lot of him put him in regards as the top player on tour. Like, he has mm-hmm. the most complete game. He has no weaknesses. T2 last year, I think you got to look at Xander. He's probably the safest bet at 9,800. He'll certainly be in some of my lineups. Cantlay's interesting. You know, it's been up and down for him this year. He's shown some good golf. He's shown some really bad golf. The win at Zozo um, is impressive. So he'll certainly get some play. I don't think I'll play Cantlay quite as much as I will a Xander, um, but I'm out on Morikawa. I'm out on Hatton. I'm out on Kepka. You know, I think, you know, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he putted very well at Houston last week, T5. I, I just, you know, I mean, Augusta National is not easy to walk. I was just and about just, to say that. They talked about that yeah. on Live From yesterday. I don't know if you watched Live From last night, but they were yeah. talking about anything besides the tee box. There's not a stable flat shot out there. Um, so I don't, right. if anywhere would be somewhere for Kepka's knee to flare up, not to knock on wood, but um, it would be here. I agree. I just, I, I just am out on, on Kepka. I think this year, it's been a tough year uh, for him and really with the injury, you know, Webb is interesting. Uh, 9,300. We know Webb is such a top shelf player. Um, you know, he was T5 last year. He was T20 in 2018. It feels like a big golf course this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's giving up a lot off the tee this year. It just feels like these wet conditions are going to hurt a Webb Simpson. You know, you start going down further in the 9,000s. I like Reed, 2018 champ, 9,200. I think Patrick Reed is playing some good golf. Mm-hmm. I totally um, agree. Yeah, I, I think you have to really look at Reed. He obviously knows um, how to play this golf course. He, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that if everything just kind of, like just to say, like we get a lot of rain and it's difficult conditions and Thursday and Friday and you got to grind, that's kind of a Patrick Reed kind of mm-hmm. situation. And and from a value standpoint at 9,200, I think I like him over Webb, Hatton, Morikawa, Cantley, similar dollar amounts, certainly over a Tiger Woods at 91. I was about I mean, to say, just, we haven't even talked about Tiger Woods yet. What's what's going on here? Well, I mean, Tiger's just, it's, you know, I mean, it, obviously he hasn't played much. Yeah. And, and when he has, you know, he just hasn't looked too inspiring, right? He looks like he's not moving extremely well. I think the warm conditions will help him here. Certainly the uh, experience of playing the course, but I think the long conditions don't play in the Tiger Woods' favor. Um, yeah. He's not hitting as far as these guys. And at some point, you got to start making his putts. I mean, he's just, his putting's been atrocious, and particularly a lot of three putts. So I'm going to pass on Tiger, but I am going to play Bubba. You know, I got to tell you, you know, I think Bubba Watson is a great play this week at 9,000. Of course, he's won two times at the Masters, but you look at him seventh, seventh at the CJ, fourth at the Zozo. And the thing that stands out to me with Bubba and watching him, and you take a little closer look, he's hit the ball really good. I mean, he's long. Mm-hmm. And his approach game, Samantha, I think is as good as it's been in a long time. I think Bubba is really hitting the ball extremely good. Get a good putting week. He knows the greens. I think you have to take a hard look at Bubba Watson at 9,000. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, 
but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. I like it a lot. One thing that I just saw on Tiger, here's a cool stat from the one and only Brandel Chambly. Jack Nicholas won his sixth Masters in 1986. Stay with me here. That was 23 years after his first Masters. He was ranked 33rd in the world going into that week. Tiger, this week, it will be his sixth Masters. He would win if he was to win. If he was to win, it would be exactly 23 years after his first, and he's also ranked 33rd in the world going into this week. Wow. Interesting yeah. stat there. I still don't like it, but just thought it was pretty interesting. It is. Yeah. That, that's very interesting. Going, I mean, no one's going to be surprised if Tiger goes out and plays well, right? I mean... If anywhere, it would like, be here, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like... You wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play well, and you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> no expectations. Well. Zero yeah. expectations. <laughs> we got to have, I mean, we had none going into last year. And then at the end of Sunday, we were all sitting there with our jaws on the floor. So maybe we need to go in with that, with that same expectation this year. Going into the 8,000s, one that I see, um, Sergio Garcia is out with COVID. If you missed that news, happened on Monday. I see Jordan Speed there. <laughs> oh my goodness same thing about you him know, though if he was going to play well anywhere if he hasn't played well in the last five years he would play well here yeah i would you know it's interesting i asked kyle porter on monday's podcast who plays better tiger or jordan and he, well, he had to think about it for a while like that's a really interesting question um you know i'm not going to play either one of them uh i'm certainly not playing fowler at 81 i'm certainly not playing Paul Casey at 8,000, although he's had some success. There's three names there in the 8,000s, my man, Finau. It's, it, you know, you start saying Tony Finau's name to people, and the first thing they think, oh, he can't close, right? He's only got one win, mm -hmm. and that's true. And and the criticism is warranted. I mean, that's it is what it is. He's not good situationally. But his first time playing it, he finished T10, and then last year, T5. So, I mean, clearly, when you're playing fantasy golf like that. That's good. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's going to make some birdies, and and he checks all the boxes. I think one of the things that, that people don't give Finau enough credit for is, is the improvement in putting. Mm -hmm. He's become a much better putter. He's long. We know that. He wins in the approach game, and he's putting, um, I think, better than PGA Tour average. So I like Finau in 8,800. If he wins, I'll be the happiest person in the world because <laughs> Tony Finau is my boy. Now, Jason Day at 8,400. I've been trying to talk myself out of this, Samantha, for literally two days. And I tried to have Kyle Porter talk me out of it. I tried to have Jonathan Coachman talk me out of it. And now I'm going to have you talk me out of it. Why am I so unsettled with Jason Day when he's been playing good golf? He is, it doesn't make sense to me with Day this year. He leaves Colin Swatton, his coach, longtime coach. And all of a sudden, the dude just goes on a tear. Like, yeah, top 10, I think like four straight weeks and he finds an approach game. Uh, he played good top 10 last week in Houston. We know he can putt. We know he has a short game and he was top five at Augusta last year. I just, I don't have the confidence that I should, but I'm going to play him at 8,400. And then finally 8,500 Matthew Wolf. I think Matthew Wolf's impressed me this year. He has not played good the last two weeks. I certainly wouldn't bet him to win. 
But in fantasy, you know, Wolf's just got to get the driver going. I don't know what happened here the last two weeks. He did not hit the ball good um, in either tournament that he played. So he's just got to get the driver going. And if he can just kind of get the driver where it was, you know, I think first-time comer, soft conditions, bent grass green, little cush around the greens. I think Wolf, for me, in the first-time starters, is the best bet at 8,500. I don't think going back to what you said like 30 seconds ago, I don't think I can talk you out of Jason day. I think, <laughs> I think I kind of like him too. T five last year. Yeah. Like you said, T what was he T six last week at the Houston open. The only thing that does concern me is that neck and back, but he yeah, said, that's a good point. He said earlier this week, um, my back is good. My neck is good. I've always had a bit of a problem trying to stay healthy. Yeah, no shit. And fortunately this week, I feel really nice. He said coming off seven place finish. In last week's Houston Open, he said there his health issues are resolved for now, but that's what he always says. Well, here's um, the thing with Jason Day, right? And this is why I'm always so concerned with him. Yes, the neck and back. That's a very valid point. So he he switched, you know, he leaves coach, goes on his coach and goes on his own. And it's the approach game with Jason Day that is the weakness. It's weird to say, right? Because mm -hmm. he's long off the tee and you kind of think about him as a world-class ball striker, but in PGA tour standards, he's not right. He's great around the greens and he's a world-class putter. So he goes basically six straight events, positive in strokes hand approach seventh at workday fourth at Memorial sixth at WGC fourth at PGA. That's what those are the results he gets. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he goes five straight tournaments negative in stroke scan approach and not just negative we're talking negative 6.5 at northern trust negative 7.7 at bmw negative 5.2 at the u.s open you can't compete on pga tour if your stroke scan approach are those numbers and then <laughs> at houston he's positive two again so it's like okay t5 last year you know what are you going to get are you going to get the positive 7.9 strokes in approach like you did at the PGA, or are you going to get the negative 7.7 like you got at the BMW? That's the dilemma. I'm going to roll the dice. I think he's playing well. I think he's feeling well. I think he's got enough experience at Augusta. Obviously played well last year, so he's in my lineup. Yeah, I like it. I don't hate it. Don't love it. Just like it. Um, <laughs> let's go down to the 7,000s. First guy on my mind, little Amsta light plug, Phil Mickelson, baby. There you go. Um, there you go. Not that he's played well anywhere except the Champions Tour. What did he come in DFL last week? Pretty close, but I, I do like Phil as well. I, you know, I don't, you know, it's just, I think I like Phil, and we're going to get to some of the head to head matchups. And I've got Phil at plus 125 over Cameron Champ because I do think Phil, there's, there's horses for courses. He's won mm -hmm. three times here. He finished tied for 18th last year coming into this event. You know, he's, He's kind of beat up on the PGA Tour champions guys, but then he comes out with the young guys and he's just lost it. I do think Phil's playing on house money. I do think Phil like kind of loses his focus and his attention. And he tries shots and this and that because he can because he's won what forty four times in the PGA Tour. So I feel like people I think forget gets, that about Phil. Yeah, that definitely goes by the wayside. But then he comes to Augusta, right? And he knows everything about that course, and I think he hits it far enough. It's open. It doesn't penalize people who sprayed off the tee like Phil does. I, I can see Phil playing good here. I, I think he's a good pick um, in fantasy. Uh, I totally agree with that. And as we get into the 7,000s, another guy that I think may surprise some people listening that listen to me a lot is, is Justin Rose at 7,700. You know, I've been critical of Rose 
uh, this year. And I think he it's warranted from the changes that he's made. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the number one player in the world, switched equipment. They come back from COVID. He leaves Sean Foley, his longtime coach, and it's just awful. Like, he just goes away. He's like, what are you doing? You know? I mean, Justin Rose seems like kind of that reserve, like, technical, like, ABC, trust the process kind of guy. And all of a sudden, he's making all these changes. He's in every commercial. It's like, who is this Right. Guy? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, all of a sudden, he's now back to the basics. His equipment rehires Foley. I think that's a good move. He played well last week in Houston. I think he's kind of coming back. Might be a bit premature this week, but I think in fantasy, he's a good pick at 7,700. And another one that I'll give you at 7,300 is Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith's had a good year. Mm -hmm. Uh, T5 last year, or T5 in 2018. Uh, Cameron Smith is a good player, and he's got good experience here. And I think as you start looking at these value picks, you've got to win here in fantasy, right? You've got to have these guys make the cut and get in there in the top 25. And I think Cameron Smith's a no-brainer at 7,300. I think Jason Kokrak's a no-brainer at 7,000. He's got the he's got the length. He just won a few weeks ago. He's playing well. Uh, his short game is always the concern. I think the cush around the greens will help him. I think the slower greens will help him. So I think Kokrak at 7,000. As far as I'm going to go down the, the list here um, into the sixes is probably Siwoo Kim. I think Siwoo Kim is a player considering the conditions that could work himself into a top 20. I would not be surprised to see Siwoo in that. So those are, those are a few names that, that I'm looking at as you look uh, into the 7,000s. My boy, Sunjai M, I don't know, man, that guy, I don't know what happened to him. I think that the, one of the, the guy that I kind of keep just tripping over a little bit is Abraham answer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody was ready to kind of anoint him as the next number one player after the President's Cup and then Tiger waxed him, but yet had good things to say. And, you know, like Abraham, his short game is always kind of the is his weakness. So I just kind of keep coming around to these softer conditions. You know, he's a good ball striker. Like, you know, could this this setup be the setup that an Abraham answer needs to, you know, to kind of get in there and like a top 20 and maybe make some noise come on Sunday. So that, that those are some names that I'm looking at. Here's a question for you in that 7,000 range. We've got Gary Woodland and Shane Lowry, both very recent major winners. Gary Woodland with the U.S. Open last year, Shane Lowry with the Open Championship last year. Uh, they haven't done much since, but that's something that maybe people who aren't as into golf, aren't as you know nerdy about it like you are, maybe not like me, but like you are, might see that and pick – them because of that why should they not go with them well i think when you look at woodland he feels like to me that he's he's in this swing change right now he's working on his swing and it just feels like it needs more time he's also so skinny did you see that photo of him the other day yeah yeah i agree well like (laughs) he doesn't (laughs) look well yeah just it's not it's not adding up for me with woodland um obviously um, he, he, to your point, he's very skinny, but it's just the, the swing. Like it's just not clicking right now. He lost Samantha last week or oh god, I'm scared. two weeks ago. Two, you ready for this? I love That's Gary CJ Woodland. Last so time I'm scared. Oh, he's the best. He's the best guy, right? Strokes gain off the tee. He lost eleven. Oh my god, strokes. Yeah. So if that doesn't scare the daylights out of you, um, I'm not sure what will, but who knows? You'll probably come out and hit all 14 fingers on th- Thursday and shoot 66. <laughs> now, back to, you know, 
Shane Lowry, um, speaking of great guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I spent some time with Lowry. I think, I think you make, you, you bring up a very, you bring up a valid person here. I, I really do. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. You know, Lowry is certainly the guy that I would pick over Woodland. There's no question about that. Okay. Lowry, maybe you just made me a little bit of money here, you know, because 11th at Houston and trending, you know, he had a, he had a little bumpy stretch there in August and September. You know, he didn't, he didn't play good in the playoffs, 43rd at the U S open, but then 28th at the CJ and 11th at Houston and, and kind of trending had a, had a nice approach game in Houston. Uh, I think with Lowry it comes down to the putter. And, um, you know, when you look at a, at a Shane Lowry, um, at Augusta national, just one second here, because you, you, you've intrigued me here with, um, this, uh, that's this what I'm Shane here for. Lowry. Yeah, but that's I good. Do it's it's now good. demand a cut of the winnings. But here we go. Right now, as we continue to look, Shane Lowry has missed the cut three of the last four years at Augusta National. So I think it is the, it, it, you know, I think Lowry fits probably into that struggles on the greens, you know, at Augusta because the complexity of these greens are difficult and we see players struggle with them. And then we see others, you know, excel with them. We had Len Matisse on the show cash out with the coaches. And, and I asked him the question about why do we hear the experience word the most with Augusta national, you have to have experience here. And this is one of his first things out of his mouth was the complexity of the greens. He said, they are crazy. Mm -hmm. And even when you play them, you may not get comfortable with them. Right. So you've got to be able to play them and then you've got to gain experience. And even then you're probably not going to be comfortable. I think we see that with JT. I think we're probably seeing that with Lowry, although Lowry's hitting the ball pretty good coming in. So I'm probably not going to play him, but I'm certainly put him over Woodland. Okay. So we like that. I mean, if he was going to play well, it might be right now. He closed with a 68 in the final round of the Houston open finished T 11 Pretty inconsistent summer for Lowry, but he's gone. Going into the Masters, he's gone T13, T28, T11. So not okay. terrible. Not terrible. Um, who else we got? That's as low that's as it for go. me. Yeah, I think that's a low. Siwoo's probably 60, uh, yeah, 6,800. That's probably as low as I'm going to go. But I have some good head-to-head tourney matches. We absolutely do. Give them to me. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's go back to Phil. Phil plus 125 over Cameron. I'm currently, I'm going with the experience. I'm currently sitting next to a cutout of Phil. So I feel, I feel very connected <laughs> to this conversation. He's staring at me holding an Amstel uh, light. So it's uh, kind of uh, creepy, but just wanted to set the scene. But you know, Phil, like I said earlier, I just feel like we've got another run Phil here at Augusta, mm-hmm. you know, it just feels like it's coming and He's doing some good things. You listen to Phil, like he, I think he's been a little bit baffled on some of his finishes on the PGA tour because he's been playing really good golf and we've seen it and it's yield good things on PGA tour champions. So I think he comes in, he plays well here. As I mentioned, he was tied for 18th last year. Um, I mean, you just go back to like, I think it was 2015. He was tied for second. He's won this three times. It's been a while, but he knows this place. And Cameron Champ coming in. I don't like this course for Cameron. First time seeing it. Low ball flight hitter. I, I like Phil plus 125 over Cameron. The other one I like is Finau minus 135 over Morikawa. I think Morikawa struggling. Again, no experience here. Uh, I think, you know, his putting 
there's some question marks there. This is not the same player that we saw at the PGA Championship, as I mentioned earlier. And, and then you go to Tony Finau, once again, my boy, Tony Finau. Do I do I bet Tony Finau too much, do you feel like? Um, I do, considering he hasn't proven anything to you recently. <laughs> well, he does. Does he? You don't have to win always. I'm not, I'm not picking Tony Finau to win. I'm picking Tony Finau to beat Colin Morikawa. You know, it's like Finau, you know, 24th at the Houston, 11th at Zozo, 8th at the U.S. Open, 5th at the BMW, 4th at the PGA. He played very good at the PGA. I mean, he really did. Uh, Morikawa just beat Finau and beat DJ down the stretch. You know, top 10 at the U.S. Open. Hey. To your point, though. He's played here he twice. Win. He's played here. He's played. He doesn't. But he, I'm not picking right, him to exactly. win. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. But I would love to see him win. But I think he he waxes Morikawa at minus 135. I like that. Um, I know you're disdain for Morikawa on this golf course. Talked about it a lot this week. I like that. Um, I do think that Morikawa has a lot to figure out. At Augusta, you know, Finau showed up pretty well. Will he win? Well, maybe not. But you don't have to win, as you explained. Wouldn't that just be awesome, though? I mean, seriously. For as much as we've I talked mean, about him together in the last six months, um, I would like to stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe Finau could do it for me. You know, if he can't do it for himself, yeah. he can do it for for my my mental well being. So, Tony, if you're listening, which you're not. Um, come through for me. Who else you got? Anybody well, else? Well, well, those are two of my those are two of my picks. I think Adam Scott over Tony or over Tommy Fleetwood is a good head to head tourney matchup as well. I would take Scott over Fleetwood. Fleetwood's struggling too. He, all of a sudden, like Tommy Fleetwood's forgot how to hit the golf ball, and um, you know Adam Scott knows a thing or two about this place. So I kind of like that bet. You get into like the top twenties now and top tens. These some of these. Uh, interesting bets that you can make. I, I I put a bet on Bubba. I talked about Bubba early, top 20 at minus 110. You know, Bubba, he talked about his anxiety oh, right yeah. over the last month. And anxiety is a, is a difficult thing. And like he is struggling with crowds mm -hmm. yeah, at this point. And there's no crowds at Augusta. So I think that plays uniquely into his into his favor I, I i i'm expecting a big week I, i've not only is bubba in my fantasy golf all over the place but by golly bubba's in my top 20 at minus 110 i threw justin rose in there uh to make some money on a top 10 at plus 400 um i might be a little premature in a top 10 uh rose certainly i think will make the cut top i think 50 in ties there's only 93 in the field we might be lower than that now with a couple of the COVID cases. Um, so I would love to see Rose, you know, kind of get back in the mix again. This is a world-class player who I think's made some bad decisions um, and now kind of getting back to the basics. Love to see him recapture that ball striking, um, you know, what am I looking for? Genius, yeah, right? Yeah. And the guy's, a, the guy's a genius and we haven't seen it in a while. And I think he's putting good. So plus 400, I think, is an is a interesting bet for a top 10. And then my winner, you ready for oh, this? Oh, I'm ready because I, uh, I think I'm gonna like it. So, you know that my boy <laughs> is Tony Fina. <laughs> I don't even know what you're about to say right now. <laughs> but another one of my guys is Dustin Johnson. Yeah, right. I love Dustin Johnson, and I just, you know, you look at 
you look at the, the lines when they come out, right, in the favorites. And Dustin Johnson was number five as a favorite coming into Augusta. Now, he's been bet down. I think he's probably now number two behind Bryson. But how is he number five starting? How do you put Justin Thomas ahead of Dustin Johnson? How do you put John Rahm ahead of Dustin Johnson? How do you put Rory Matt? I mean, these are world-class players. I get it. But Dustin Johnson, can we just take a step back and take a look at his last six finishes? You want me to go through this before COVID? I can't wait. Well, and after now. So so Dustin Johnson, here we go. Here we go. Make sure here, here, I'm popping it up here. Fantasynational.com. That's where I look. Number he was second at the PGA. Played great. Morikawa beat him. Uh, first at the Northern Trust. Played great. Second at the BMW. Played great. John Rahm made, what, a 100-foot bomb? Mm-hmm. What right, a cool beat playoff, him in the playoff. First at the Tour Championship. Xander was low for the week, but Dustin, first at the Tour Championship. FedEx Cup winner. Sixth at the U.S. Open. Second at Houston. Had some rust on Thursday. Just kind of... Messed around, got a triple-double, and here he is, second at the U.S. Open. And, you know, the guy's the guy is focused. Talked to his coach, Alan Terrell. Feeling good post-COVID. Playing good. Dustin Johnson, plus 850, wins the green Let's jacket. Let's not forget the finish last year. He was just one behind Tiger Woods, almost caught him. Yep. Um, so, I yep. think. He's figured yeah. it out. He's figured it out. He, it, it took Dustin a little while to figure out Augusta. Uh, let's just hope that he's not sliding down any stairs and <laughs> I'm just picturing and, his uh, tall lanky self sliding down stairs. Okay. I'm done. I, I'm telling you DJ toe to toe with Bryson on Sunday, right? Bro Rory. in there. I mean, the one thing about Augusta is we're going to get a great leaderboard. I mean, that's just, that's just what happens there. Like you're always going to get that one name, but you're going to get a great leaderboard. I mean, you're going to get, we're going to get Bryson and we're going to, you know, like Bryson and DJ and Rom and JT and Rory and, and Xander. And like, you're going to get four or five of those names, oh, yeah. right? Um, Brooks. It's just, it's just such a great tournament. They do everything right. You know, the honorary starter next year and, uh, and Lee Elder, like, you know, they just, they just do so many, I think the right way. And I think the golf course is such that they get the big names up there. Uh, it's going to be wet. We know that that's going to favor the longer hitter, but Hey, I mean, that that's no difference. We've been, the, the, the game is trending towards distance and I'm just fascinated to see what Bryson does. Absolutely. Well, we'll hunker down for this hurricane and hope it goes way right of Augusta. It's okay. If it hits me, that's fine. Just don't go to Augusta. That's what I say. Well, we need the hook. We need we, we need, need it the to hook or left. to slice. I don't know if you've seen the updated models. It's going like right over you. So might want to uh oh, really? to look into that. Um <laughs> Oh, so now it's moving it's, right. It's going oh, okay. Way I should probably right. turn yep, it's I try not to turn the news on, but I, I probably should considering yeah, the hurricane it's, is coming uh, at me it's now. Slicing a little bit. But uh I think oh, that's all okay. we got for today, is it? Sweet. Yes. Well that's all we yes. got. Yes, great show. Yeah, Wonderful. Masters preview edition of the Stripe Show podcast. Gonna be one hell of a week kicking off early uh travis tigers off early tomorrow morning i will be up and at them at 7 30 begin an amazing four days at augusta national we'll check in on you friday um midweek through the 2020 masters championship update you on our picks see how we're doing travis always a pleasure 
It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket and DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a shot at a $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code Travis. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stand at the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off on Thursday. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you may not be able to hit the course, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use code Travis during sign-up this week. DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize. That's code Travis, and you can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.